Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition 185 with Ben Barat Berving, School of Simple Living. Join the team as we explore the work and ideas of Ben, how to gain independence, what health means, and simple practices that can enrich your individual life as well as upgrade the collective. Well met, Barat. Hey, Raphael, thank you for introducing me. How's it going, dude? Something we do at the very beginning of these episodes is um, describe, um, based off of the number of the episode, reduce it numerologically down. Uh, I'm I'm going to use the major icon of the tarot. Raphael talks about a galactic heritage card. So 185 reduces to 5, ultimately. Um, the Hierophant card, I am the teacher of universal law. The Hierophant, or the High Priest, is the caretaker of spiritual knowledge teaching others what you know, awakening to greater understanding of the world, paying attention to the details. Raphael, what would the Galactic Heritage card be? We got number 77, Earth, being the mentors, mentors, future timeline. Since ancient times, our planet has had non-human mentors who have helped us through our evolutionary challenges. Eventually, humankind will be mentors for other lesser evolved species we will encounter in the universe. But even now, we have the responsibility to spiritually mentor those on Earth who ask for our help without forcing it. You may be called on to do this in this life because you have done it in other lives and on other worlds. Trust in your ability to help others, even if you think you don't know how. Let your words and deeds come from your heart. That is all you need. So I'm curious, Barrett, um, between the cards of the Emperor and what he just read, uh, if either of those things resonated with you. Yeah, it's it's like a 100% match. I'm sitting here grinning from one ear to the other <laughs> because, because it matched so much with what I want to bring to this world and how I want to live my life. Um, yeah, I don't see myself very much as like a spiritual teacher, but I'm following a spiritual teacher and I want to um, amplify his message and and spread that in in terms of simple living and and high thinking. And uh, I, I like the idea of an outerworldly non-human spiritual teacher because basically yeah once we we end this this experience in a in a human form in this human body we are uh we are again just the the pure soul so i can resonate with seeing seeing my spiritual teacher as a as a non-human <laughs> It's funny, I don't know you very well yet, obviously. We're just meeting officially now. Um, but when he, I read the Emperor card, aspects of you know teaching teaching what you know um, and stuff like that, and what Rafa was saying, it seemed very much in line with um, the website that he showed me. I think it's an event that you're hosting soon. It seemed like something I would even sign up for. So 
Um, before we get into all that, because I do want to talk about the event, and I do want to, you know, talk about any number of things uh, wherever this conversation might flow. Two kind of questions on the upfront: um, Who is your spiritual teacher that you keep referring to? And secondarily, I'm kind of curious uh, how um, you've come on. I know that I don't know how much or how well you know Raphael. Um, I wanted to kind of get my head around uh, y'all's relationship. Yeah, all right. Okay. My spiritual teacher is Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And Raphael, I just know him in the Oki talk. Well, that's easy enough. Just so you guys have never really hung out. Sometimes he meets people at like festivals and stuff like that. And I, I'm guessing this is a um this is a very team just rabbit hole. Very You've met him online. I'm not exactly sure now, but could this be the same? Because I don't know how famous these individuals are, but could it be one of the Swamis that Brandon even mentioned already? Is that possible? Bharat, could you repeat his name? And Jim, just listen closely and see if it rings a bell. Yeah, Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada or Srila Prabhupada. I couldn't tell you uh, Brendan's guru, but... I I mean bhakti I think is like service yoga right like I, little words of it are kind of ringing bells just because I'm you know peripherally aware of what's going on. Um, okay, so let's let's just start with uh, the the horse and then we'll get to the cart. I'm curious, uh, Bharat. Uh, firstly, what your name means uh, if that's like a self chosen name, but kind of how like where did you grow up? What was the culture you were in? How did you get to where you are now? Because I'm, I'll talk about your astrology chart kind of periodically in here. You're an Aquarius sun. Uh, with a Pisces moon, um, and yeah, that's will play into some of the stuff you're doing, I believe. Um, you have Sun and uh, Mercury conjunct in fourth house Aquarius, so like helping people nurture themselves through information seems to be about right. But anyway, I'm kind of curious about your name origins, but ultimately your origins personally. Where, have you, where are you coming from, and how did you get to where you are now? All right. Okay, yeah, I want to mention first the... The stars I only know from the from the Vedic astrology, the the Jyotish, but maybe some things like just the planets they they ring for me. So I grew up in Germany, uh, in Aachen near Cologne, next to Belgium and Netherlands, and uh, in a in a just yeah very mediocre family, uh, lower uh, lower mid class. Uh, without a father, never met my father, and um, I, I became a seeker. Yeah, since I was pretty young, I was very bored by all what was going on in youthhood. Just uh, only watching movies and uh, getting a new phone and uh, going to party that was uh, yeah not very satisfying. And I was looking for for more, and I went to to Australia and New Zealand, and then I traveled with a backpack in in Asia, and I just knew that my father has some uh, Persian blood, some Iranian blood, so I went to Iran and wanted to see how the culture is there, and I felt very much at home in all those those other countries and cultures and I didn't uh, feel um, so much at home in the Western culture anymore. And 
I was looking for for alternative and for alternatives and to to shift my lifestyle. And when I uh, got my first son, or right before that, I started to to understand that um, that in my life I didn't learn many things. So I I started relearning and seeing life with with new eyes basically at that time it happened to me that i got the the first book of uh, bhaktananda swami and at that time i was uh, thinking mm, i will just withdraw the the ancient wisdom of the different religions and and make up my own thing just follow what what resonates with me and it was this first book yeah, it was the uh, one version of the Bhagavad Gita, the Bhagavad Gita uh, as it is. I um, I stick to that, even though the first time I read it, I was thinking, who's that guy in the in front of the the title that was written like AC Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhu? Then I was thinking, who's giving himself a title like that? At that time, I I didn't know he. Uh, he was never in his life insisting on any title. His disciples gave that in in glorification, and he got some uh, some like honorary titles throughout his his life, uh, like the Vedanta. That's that's some old ancient knowledge from the Vedas. Yeah. Then then there's the Bhakti. Yeah. You could say Yoga of Love, and that is. Uh, yeah, that's sticking with me. So when you when you mentioned those cards and uh, also the stars, yeah, sharing sharing information uh, to support others, elevating themselves. Yeah, that that resonates very much with me. So that's basically what I'm doing in that summit now. It's starting tomorrow, so I'm very excited. And uh, getting out of the city, thinking Raphael. Yes, yes, it appears the connection is not as pristine as we would <clears throat> prefer it to be. Barat, kindly uh, repeat your last statement if you can hear us. Yes, sure, sure. Yes. You were saying tomorrow's the summit, uh, which we'll get into for sure, but um, keep going. That's where it kind of started coming off. It's starting tomorrow, you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was saying, yeah, the get out of the city, a blueprint for simple living. What I'm starting tomorrow, getting speaker together, experts, like there's one lady, she um, became self-sufficient like 15 months ago, and she's only eating what she's growing foraging or what she's bartering with a family of five yeah they just moved out of the suburbs and started becoming self-sufficient and then there's one living homes simply buying and we moved to the countryside became self-sufficient and i want to share about that stuff with others to yeah inspire them and and to them show them options that it is possible to live in a different way 
kind of like what I was saying earlier, based off of, um, it sounds like you're into sidereal or uh, Vedic astrology more. Um, what I'm kind of looking at in terms of the chart is Western astrology, which is fine. Um, but you have a fourth house, uh, Mercury conjunct Sun and Aquarius. So basically a Cancer, which is about the mother of the Zodiac, um, flavored Aquarius way of communicating and way of thinking, um, and also like who you are. So it doesn't surprise me that you're into very alternative kind of, I mean, it seems, you know, paradoxical, but cutting edge would be foraging at this point, um, kind of ways to take care of oneself and others. It's kind of like a rebelliousness in a way, like a rebel, um, you know, nurturing. So that's kind of cool. Um, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, it, it sounds like you're back in, clearly. Um, I'm kind of curious. Uh, I guess maybe let's talk a little bit about your spiritual path for a little while. I do. I mean, we're going to give a lot of time to this summit. I know that's probably pressing on your mind. But I'm just kind of curious about what you've been learning um, and, like, you know, what this all means to you. Because I'm not Hindu. Um, and, you know, any, you know, I just actually signed up for uh, a yoga course for the next year, so that should be good. I'll get into that and the philosophy of it and all this kind of stuff. But um, I'm kind of curious how you apply this information and what you what you think it means. I mean, you don't have to go into like listing bullet points of like he said this, this, this. You know, I'm not quizzing you. It's more just like I'm curious of like what is the angle of approach? What is his whole kind of shtick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm, to boil it down, yeah, I, I'm not a Hindu and I don't consider myself a religious or following any religion. And we, as a family, we uh, follow that ancient yeah, Vedic uh, Vaishnava tra tradition since, mm, yeah, I would say like really seriously, like eight years or so, but in touch uh, like over 10 years. And in in that uh, time, we practice that in our home. We have two children and we are, we, we are uh, singing mantras every day and uh, repeating mantras uh, like with a rosary. Yeah. And that uh, is experiential so experiential coming down to the point of i am not the body yeah i'm i'm not uh, i'm not a german i'm not a project manager i'm not i'm not this i'm not that but i can experience what what i am by just doing that that mantra meditation i can i can disconnect from all those outer uh, designations and and titles and that that is the most meaningful thing for me because i can experience and feel that it it is um mm, yeah it is having an effect it is having that imp and it's not just an idea i follow for my my whole life but I, like uh, not reason yeah not mm, yeah if you do follow some yogic mystic practices uh, you can also experience some things but here it all comes together for me the the experience and the, also the the philosophy and and it's easy every little child can do it just uh, uh, singing <laughs> and 
and dancing that's that's not uh, something you need a degree for and you don't need to need to study and there's a lot of philosophy that i can study my whole life i can continue to study and that's very satisfying for me because because i like i like knowledge and i find it's the most rebellious thing on earth <laughs> because if everyone starts to to realize that then immediately the whole modern civilization of consumerism would would go down <laughs> uh, yeah so it's very fulfilling for me that's what's up yeah it seems um just based off of the astrology and stuff obviously uh we're in a big shift of times um and it's i don't know if you look at it as i mean some people are like non-dualist and like there is no bad uh, but it seems like you kind of like we were saying we've been experiencing the consumer capitalism, political parties, you know, militarily industrialized nation warring thing for a while, for a few you know decades if not centuries, and it's kind of run its course. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people, but it's, well, it seems like this. Uh, this is what Dolores Cannon, this mystic, said once um, about these times. It's like there's a split going on, right? Um, where basically the people who are wanting, you know the way things are to keep going are going to double down on it and then there's a lot of people it seems like yourself Raphael, myself naturally but i haven't done a good job of it um want to kind of start again in a new like with the wisdom of other like you know a multiplicity of cultures and kind of the best ideas from this group and the best ideas from that group instead of just being committed um to a certain ontological perspective whether it's economic or spiritual or uh, otherwise. So, um, Raphael, I know I'm talking a lot. Do you have any questions or anything yet? We already had the chance to talk for two hours, so I'll leave you the floor for now. Well, I'm kind of curious. Uh, well, that was in German, right? Yes, indeed. What were some of the highlights of what you guys were talking about? Just so, uh, I have an idea of what you've already maybe broached. Oh, we broached many things, but anyhow, I assume most listening here will not have listened to the German show. So it's not an issue if we shall repeat it. To all those able to speak German, look up within the archive, there's another show. Um, maybe one of the very interesting points we touched upon was the whole question of um, community building and uh, spiritual, emotional requirements uh, in terms of communication between individuals and so on that communities even are able to thrive at all. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of, um, I mean, people, I was talking to my fiance today, she's, you know, living uh, with her, being a caretaker in England with her nan in a, like an apartment kind of thing, a townhouse. And I'm, and because I'm, she's like, I don't want to be in a commune particularly. I'm like, you're in a community. She, I mean, she gets this, but I was like, just kind of amusing today. It's like, you're in a community now, like you're a neighbor you don't know. And you're on a street with people kind of all doing it's, whatever. It's it's actually one point I almost wanted to bring up, maybe even with Barat, or I was, you know, musing about it some more. And then I was like, well, just like you said, even now, me, technically, I'm in the community, like, you know, in a simple, in a sense, apartment building in the city, right? Um, so then I was just imagining, well, what if uh, the whole building was just, you know, populated with my friends, or at least the floor or something, and then you just empty out one apartment on each floor, you make it like a common space. Everyone still has their own flat. You know, I mean, we already got the space. And it's, I think, so, I mean, even almost most definitely, it's more important about who is there than maybe the exact layout of the place or something. 
Right. It's like conscious versus unconscious community building. It seems like we're all unconsciously in a community anyway. I mean, that's what government, you know, government is trying to, I mean, maybe in a flawed way, but like, you know, dispense information or help with roads or, you know, all these things. And it's funny because there's this like evolution from maybe presumably from like cavemen to here or whatever, where it's like, it took a long time to like, and it's been a pretty tragic and, you know, crazy dream or whatever um, with all the wars and pestilence and all this kind of stuff. We're gotten to a point where we can actually maybe act like we know, like you like to say, Rafa, like act better and use the wisdom of all the kind of cultures that have risen from nothing, you know, nothing um, and maybe make a super culture. But I, I don't know how that looks. Maybe that's part of what you're, um, uh, I'm spacing the word, um, event the next week-long event starting tomorrow um is about kind of creating a new superculture with more not archaic is too strong a word but it's like tried and true methods simple methods this isn't about like plugging into ai and figuring it out this is about like growing your own food and doing you know breathing <laughs> meditations and stuff yeah 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 it's it's not something like the the pink pink baba and yeah, I, I see it more and more relaxed. In the beginning when this crazy year started, I was thinking, whoa, what's what's going to happen? And I was getting some anxiety. And now I'm I'm thinking it's all good as it is. And my my influence is is not so big that I can shift what's going on on the stage, but I can shift how I react to it. And it gives me tremendous peace to think of more of, of a golden age. And, and I'm convinced that we are already in a golden age and, and I can disconnect from, from the karmic stuff that's going on around me. There's yeah, there's so much information available and that can be used for, for a bad thing, but also for, for a good thing. And I'm I'm sure that a plain living, a simple living and high thinking, that this is what we all will sooner or later connect with again, because this civilization as it's continuing to to unfold right now it's not sustainable and it's not it doesn't need much uh, fantasy to imagine that it will collapse sooner or later well it seems that's what's going on now it's a slow collapse i mean it's I'm about if to you, say if you pull there's back, no imagination yeah. required anymore <laughs> right sometimes people think like you know all at once like all the electricity in the world will go out or all the internet will go out or maybe if a solar flare happened that would happen or something but basically if you kind of just look at the past I mean, this is more of a Christian way of thinking of it. It was like the apocalypse has been going on for a long time, potentially. Uh, it's not just like a one-and-done moment. It's like, oh, we've been killing each other in mass. Like, you know, modern Europe wouldn't – it would look very different if World War One and World War Two hadn't occurred, right, and stuff like that. So it's just like we've been suffering. And, and because culture has done a good job at selling us dreams, certain kinds of dreams, whether it's Disney World, which I love, Disney stuff, but like, um, you know – coca-cola or disney world or baseball and like distracting us in very specific ways which ultimately i don't think is evil particularly but it's like distracting while like the rainforests are burning or there's people with distended bellies in africa it's like there's things we could do but we're 
we're too afraid to confront them and out of ignorance or fear or whatever we go, I can't do anything about that. And then we shift to what, like what pleases us. And now we have a very, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Wally uh, by Disney, ironically, or Pixar rather, I think. Um, but like, yeah, like sedentary kind of self-absorbed internet culture. It's not surprising. This is kind of where we're at, but I really do think, especially post 2012, um, there's been a schism kind of happening. It's like the, you know, the Protestant reformation was a kind of a big deal in the, in the psychic atmosphere i guess of europe and the world in the you know 15 1600s um we're going through a similar thing right now where it's like some people like we talk about this a lot where it's like some people want like i guess bashar refers to it more of like i don't know if he says 4d but like the ai um borg kind of like less personality and more conformity and just go with the system and punch you know matrix kind of stuffs or i guess and it's not absolute, but like people are making their preferences. Some people are like, I don't care as long as I have Netflix. I'll take a, I'll take a vaccine. I don't care. And then some people are like, I will never take a vaccine, even if it means I have to go into the woods and forage. And that kind of differentiation, the sorting hat, if you want to put it in Harry Potter terms, or the wheat and the chafe, mm. <laughs> that's kind of going down. Um, so what are some of your ambitions personally? I mean, you have a family. So once this started, I mean, recently, like obviously this year with COVID popping, that's been a, um, a very obvious and it's funny because um, when that occurred in early January was <laughs> when it started basically happening was when Jupiter, uh, I don't remember if Jupiter was involved, but Cap, uh, Saturn, which is about karma and death, uh, not death, but karma and um, cycles and time, and Pluto, which is about death and transformation and rebirth, were conjunct in Capricorn, which is like the world. So it's like, just astrologically speaking, we know that we're going through a world reset, basically. A lot of the institutions and things that maybe we've been relying on for centuries, maybe even millennia, are being questioned, whether it's religion or, you know, politics or, you know, it's food systems, all these kinds of things. Um, so it's been very pronounced this year, clearly, uh, especially with isolating and um, kind of uh, Orwellian kind of tactics going down generally. Uh, people have had a lot of time to think about what their lives mean and all this stuff. It seems like you have some good practices involved, but... Um, what are kind of your goals personally? Are you trying to go forage and live off grid? Are you trying to like do this in, in a suburban kind of setting and find the others and, you know, be communal? Like it seems like you're organizing events to get people woke to what they can do to empower themselves. But I'm kind of just wondering in terms of like what your ideal in your own mind at this point looks like. Yeah. My idea is very much connected with what I'm doing right now. We moved to Portugal some weeks ago, and we are looking for a homestead here. Yeah, we are starting again from scratch. In the past, we've uh, we've lived in in uh, Fiji, and we. Were I just think. Hold on, really quick. I'm watching with my family. Bear Grylls, like the celebrity survival guy, uh, has a show called The Amazing Race or something like that, or World's Amazing Tough Challenge or something crazy. And it's in Fiji, so I've watched people, <laughs> the main island of Fiji, I've been watching for the past two or three nights with my family, watching people like mountain bike and climb and run and swim and all this crazy stuff. So it's, I just wanted to point out, it's like, oh, I know, I would never have said I know Fiji, but I'm like, I, I have lived in Hawaii myself, and I'm like, oh, it's, I know tropical islands. This is crazy. Anyway, didn't mean to cut you off. And for the record, is your wife German too, or um, are you guys international? Like how, uh, because it seems like you're more than willing to kind of live anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am willing to live not anywhere, 
but in, uh, in beautiful places in yeah in beautiful places and yeah places where where people are beautiful in their hearts and definitely in fiji that's that's something that's still more prevalent than uh, in the west from my experience at least it's yeah my wife she's from germany as well growing up in germany so we have a similar background same uh, same town that we are from and yeah for her the the jump to fiji was was uh, a little rougher for me because i was already uh, open to explore and and willing and he was just beginning to open so that was interesting but yeah then in fiji we couldn't stay we could we could have stayed but after one and a half year living off the grid things went pretty different than we were uh, planning them <laughs> ahead can you can you go into that a little like so okay. you were off grid in fiji because so i've seen the back you know all these the mountains the high highlands all this stuff so it's a very beautiful Obviously, Fiji is a beautiful place. Um, you were in the bush. Uh, so what was the plan originally and what not went wrong, but how did it go differently than you planned? Okay. So we were in Germany. I was working in IT project management, big corporations, and was disgusted with that. So I was starting to learn Ayurveda. And I, I had the plan to... Um, offer Ayurveda to uh, people on Fiji, to tourists. I was thinking the Fijians, they, they don't need that and uh, it doesn't make sense for them. But you have tourists coming there. So that was my plan. And then to start growing food and live independent, get uh, disconnected from all the little addictions that I have built up uh, for for the little stuff that that you use in everyday life and you you don't notice that that you're addicted to it and yeah and in Fiji I was thinking we just downsize a lot and at that time um, my plan was still very much connected with uh yeah, like the project manager thinking of making a plan and everything has to come like that, has to has to manifest like that. So my my idea was to to use German technology for the solar, and I didn't want uh, my wife to to renounce like with a with a washing machine like the Fijians they use these horrible Chinese plastic washing machines like half as big as a German washing machine, then it's not a front loader, but a top loader. And it's it's like so different. And uh, I was thinking that will be rough to make the shift for her because she just started with thinking about off-grid and, and um, yeah, living, living less like a consumer, but more like a producer. And I wanted to go all in. So my idea was bringing some stuff from Germany and we did that. We shipped eight cubic uh, of of valuable things, like but valuable things in a way like 
a washing machine. I was shipping a washing machine from Germany. <laughs> when I think about the, that, now the I, irony. It's like the carbon yeah, footprint yeah. that I'm going to create or whatever. Yeah, I see your yeah. point. And it's yeah, weird because yeah. it's like ideals. This is something I'm struggled with where it's like, I want to live more holistically and synergistically with the environment, the people that I'm with, the cultures. It sounds like you're on that wave. Um, I do not want to go back to like mud hut, loincloth, you know, pre-civilization. Like there's aspects of civilization that are beautiful and good. We've just gone too far in certain directions, it seems, and become addicted to certain um, aspects of reality, like you were saying. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's just kind of funny because I hear what you're saying where it's like the effort and the um, (laughs) – anyway, I I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I see that totally ties in with a lot of other points that you touched on before. Mm, I don't want to go too much off here, but I see that as a as a pattern. You you mentioned the non dualistic, and and you mentioned, um, yeah. Now you mentioned like hardcore renunciation, going back to the loincloth, etc. I think often that comes from so much frustration. I'm so frustrated in the hamster wheel and rat race of I everyday life. Yeah, I give up. I but in a bad way, not like I surrender. Okay, I accept life as it is. I accept reality and deal with it in a responsible way, accepting my karma or whatever you want to call it. No, I escape. And partially, partially that was going on for us. Like consciously, I had good intentions going to Fiji, and it was having good effects for us. It definitely was cutting us off from so many bad habits, toxic relationships, and uh, so much dependence on the system. And at Plus the same it's an adventure. Time, I mean, that's probably a beautiful place to have a fun. I mean, I lived in Hawaii for a year and a half, so I get the idea. Um, island life is crazy. And being off grid mm. like that, um, it's an adventure. So I think it's appropriate to like live like, you know, like that. But then it, I, what started deviating from the plan? Because you're like the project manager. Yeah, like, yeah. All right, I've so, got the schematic. And now it's sure. like, wait, there's leaks in the sure, boat. Sure. So the thing is, maybe when you lived in Hawaii, you maybe lived on the big island and there was still some civilization. Oh, I lived in Waikiki in downtown Honolulu. So I was like in a major city. Like it would basically oh, felt okay. like, you know, Tokyo or something. Okay, so we lived on the second biggest island of Fiji, and that is, <laughs> yeah, second biggest island. I don't know how many people live on that island, um, but I know uh, 60, 67 kilometers away from uh, our little, uh, how do you say, settlement, uh, there were a, there was a village of... 4,000 people, yeah, 67 meters away from that. So the next neighbors we had, they were living like 10 kilometers or 10 miles or so away, just 180 people. So uh, a handful of families. Yeah, it it was in the jungle, yeah, right at the beach. And there were, uh, there was one other family, so two things were going astray here. One was we were shipping all of our stuff and we were shipping it ahead. So in Germany, we already downsized. We actually moved to Belgium to a little uh, bungalow park and downsized all our stuff. Like one year we were selling, donating, throwing away. 
And then we were wrapping up all our stuff, shipping it to Fiji two months ahead so that it arrives in time when we are getting there. And when we, when we were there, our staff was not there. And the well, that's solar terrible. Yeah. A, I mean, did you get robbed or did it, like what happened? Yeah, it it just didn't arrive in time. So we had basically we had we had some suitcases, but we were planning that um, yeah that our our major things they are there in time and then oh so they eventually came as opposed to never they, arriving. They came a couple of months later. Okay, another thing. Another thing that was pretty inconvenient was we were thinking the solar system that uh, we already had purchased that and i went to fiji i was there for a couple of weeks i visited place and we arranged that we get a solar system and that was not installed so basically we went like cold turkey off without having any facilities like we, we didn't even have like enough uh, batteries and uh, uh and lights and and that stuff so we we went back to stone age um and we we went yeah so that's that's one thing so you and did then, exactly what i said i would hate to do which is like <laughs> yeah, yeah. we lost no, all conveniences yeah no don't don't ask my wife about that story still today she can uh she can share some uh some feelings that that were not so I'm glad you survived <laughs> it's your relationship yeah. survived <laughs> yeah so then another thing was uh, we were planning to live there with other families so it was already a community with an approach of self-sufficiency and and a spiritual focus and um yeah then there was one family and two other families joined one after six months and another after something like 12 months or so. Yeah, but then a huge hurricane came, uh, uh, hurricane like category five. It was like a millennium hurricane in, in Fiji, never been before like this. So there, there were... Category five, for the people that don't know, is like as big as Katrina. Like that's huge. Yes, like, yes. That's massive. Yeah, it was massive. It's It was... Uh, yeah, it was killing people. Then there, it was so strong. It was uh, swiping sharks from Australia to the Fijian shore. And you need to fly maybe, I was thinking, oh, maybe that's close by. But I think it's still seven hours of flight or so, maybe six hours from from Sydney. So uh, that was very impactful there. And then two families left. And we were at a status where we were together with one family that was in a different age and uh, n not so very much like-minded. And then we had boils all over our body because there was like the water was in infested with uh, whatever. It was dirty and uh, it was not a pleasurable experience in terms of simple living and going off. And at the same time, we Sounds like worst-case scenario, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, we experienced beautiful things, but we never had the like the setup, and we were just getting into it, getting used to it. But we were not quite quite ready for for that big jump. Yeah, there were a couple of other things that we expected to be 
different and on an island there's just a different supply of of uh, uh materials and it's so different so yeah there there there's a lot we could speak about just that that topic in terms of living living on an island living self sufficient and in a community yeah very, very so in a weird way you i mean you've obviously come from like highly industrialized westernized places and then now you've seen very off grid not you know locals only kind of self sufficient essentially um fijians um in very hard circumstances i'm sure there were beautiful times but uh, you know category 5 and all these kind of like thwarted expectations must have been frustrating um did that kind of inspire you to move in the direction you're going now or it's like some combination of the two or it's like, look, these people are doing it right, but they need to like elevate their game a little uh, with, you know, raising of the standards. Yeah, yeah. And then the people who are in the cities are so disconnected that they don't know what real life means anymore or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly like the, the frustration from the rat race or what I see often goes hand in hand with the with the non-dualism or uh, yeah being frustrated from life and and just wanting to give up life and stopping activity uh often yogic activity is they they can be uh and just wishing to be in the nirvana and the big white light and just well, it's funny life. Because you have a pisces moon according to western astrology and so you're going to be more of a dreamer like i think you understand their sentiment where it's like yeah, i just want to yeah. disconnect and be in bliss but it's like <laughs> but we have to like have plumbing <laughs> mm-hmm. and, or we don't have to but it's like well, let's try that and you know so i hear what you mean though it seems like there's a very it's ironic bourgeois kind of um new ageiness and stuff going on where it's like you know, $10,000 yoga retreat or whatever. And it's like, this is not, I mean, <laughs> it makes sense why it's happening, I guess, but it's like, I don't think this is the original intention of what these things were rooted in. I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's funny. Cause I, I think I hear what you're saying where it's just like, uh, there's a disconnect and the asceticism somewhat. So it's like hyper, uh, idealistic asceticism. Um, it's probably very difficult with a wife and kids. Uh, it's easy if you're a bachelor, you know, or whatever, and just like, hey, I'm just going to do my own thing. But having a, you know, a small unit to be responsible for, that's got to be a little harder. It it is hard with with a family to do that, and and you're right. My inclinations, personally, are more more in that direction of uh, renouncing. I could easily. Uh, live in an environment like that and yeah you you were asking about my name earlier i i forgot to answer right barat i got that name in fiji in that community that we lived in uh that was inspired by by vedic tradition and there was one vedic emperor his name was was barat and the whole world was named uh after him and um he left his whole kingdom and he was not just a king he was an emperor over many kings and he had all facilities whatever you can dream of he had but he left that to go to the forest and uh, give himself to self-realization fully so that that was others 
<laughs> others uh, gave me that that well, it sounds name. like a similar path to yours where it's like <laughs> almost like yeah. the buddha story where it's like hey i'm in a nice world but i want to not know what suffering is i don't think that's your inclination but it's like i want to see how the other half lives because we're not getting the full picture here yeah 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 i needed that experience and like bharat he was uh at, like all these yogic traditions they all aim at preparing for death and getting out of the the cycle of birth and death so he was preparing for that but then at the moment of death something strange happened and um or a little before that something happened there was a deer in the forest and he was helping the deer because it was wounded so he was um um caring for it and then he got attached to the deer so they the deer slept nearby and they they were getting into into a, a relationship of living together together like a like a pet and at the time of death he was thinking of that deer and his next life <laughs> guess what yeah he he became a deer so that's um yeah that for me, I try to remind myself that if I do that, like giving up all facilities and material stuff and just uh, go too simple, that's a simplicity trap. That's false renunciation. And that's more coming from my frustration with understanding uh, a couple of things that are going on in the world and um, how I don't want to participate in that. But there, there's more to life, and there's a definitely a way to, to to use all what's been given to us. You could say, like, get God-given abundance in in nature from Mother Earth, where we live right now in Portugal. I try to um, also utilize more of of the facilities, and it's a it's a learning curve, but yeah, answering to your question, that's I envision to to live in this material world. There's that saying I was was mentioning that to Raphael last time, but I don't know how to say that in English. Yeah, being in the world but not of the world. Yeah, that's that right? biblical. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like hold on loosely in a Buddhist kind of sense. It's like you're in it, so you don't want to like deny that. Like you've chose. I mean, it depends on presuppositions, right? Obviously. So if you, I'm under the impression we've all chosen, I guess, to be here. So it's like running away from it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's a matter of like doing it well. So technology isn't bad. It's just are we using it well? Like you know, people aren't bad. Are are they? Are you are are you participating with them well? Um, Things aren't bad. And nothing is bad or good in a sense. It's just a matter of like polarity and stuff. Raphael, you kind of know what I'm saying. Maybe you could say more eloquently. I think you got the gist, both of you. So we're talking of the same thing. Word. Um, I'm kind of. I I, Go ahead. I would like to jump in here and yeah, yeah. because I find that very important. There, there, I see the simplicity trap. It can kick in or the the spiritual bypass. Right at that moment when we say, yeah, there's no good or wrong, because at that moment, we cut off our intelligence totally, and we, we are not able to distinguish anymore. And what's going on in the world right now, that's exactly that. Yeah, the people behind the scenes, 
they want us to not be able to distinguish anymore. And basically, I see that as a as a form of socialism where uh, we are being all um, artificially, uh, do you say, equalized? Not equalized, yeah. Being put on, on the same level, but... Um, I wanna I wanna recognize that we are that we are one, but at the same time we are different. And and there are things that are okay on one level spiritually, but on a material level they are totally not okay. It's not okay uh, to mm, to kill someone. That we all would agree on that. And yeah, of course that person might have chosen that in one way or another in a past life. Some karmic things are playing out in a totally perfect way. But uh, yeah, that's, that's like, I, I remember I had with one person, I had like uh, someone I'm uh, related to in my family. I don't want to name that person in case. Uh, <laughs> Do you want that coming yeah, back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. So no, yeah. I don't want to breach confidentiality. I'm not afraid to speak the truth in in a bold way. And and someone lashing out to me for it. I I think that's necessary. But I also want. I I don't want to put someone on the spot that doesn't want to and yeah i'm i'm cautious with that but basically that person was saying well um when yeah when i'm going to work at 4 in the morning um and people are drunken on on the weekend and uh i get raped yeah well that, then that's just my karma and because the uh the partner of that person was saying I'm afraid that when you go in the night alone and some, something could happen, I wish you would take some pepper spray or something. And the other person was saying, no, no, it's when it happens, it happens. It's just karma. And that for me is, it's, it's, it's a crude example of the spiritual bypass where I go too quickly to, yeah, it's, it's God's, God's will, or it's the universe, universe, um, <laughs> manifested that and there's a higher arrangement if i go there too early and that could happen it doesn't mean that it needs to happen but it could happen if i say everything is good right that that basically comes often from that frustration that i i find everything is bad everything in life is just leading me to frustration and everything is temporary everything is is bringing me into a point of suffering then yeah, I, why should I participate in life? Or so this frustration it could turn into the other uh, energy inverted, the other side of the coin, by saying everything is good. I, I hope you. Uh, I hope I'm. I'm ready. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I understand because this is. I mean, the podcast started essentially. Raphael suggested it at one point, and that's why we have it. But we used to have talks all the time, and some of the earlier podcasts, I was struggling probably more out loud with dualism, good and evil, um, just kind of the stuff you're talking about, where it's like, all right, so it, everything is except everything's happening, right? So it's obviously occurring, but like, where does free will play in? Um, how do we like? What is interference? Like, is the pepper spray interfering with her, the the other person's karma, or is she being really cavalier and nihilistic and not being wise? I've read somewhere that wisdom nullifies karma. So it's like when you learn the lesson, you stop getting beaten over the head by it. It's not just going to keep smacking you needlessly. It's like the whole point of, you know, 
causation, I guess you could say, like action reaction is like if you don't want it to keep going, you change. And the change is our, our, our point of consciousness where we have at least perceived free will. Rafael, I'm kind of curious uh, what your thoughts are regarding this. I'm, I don't think we differ too much, but I just want to hear you talk more than you are. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, the good old, I would say, a difference between judgment and the ability to distinguish or differentiate. So just like you said, just because I can accept everything does not mean I condone all behaviors. Right, just because I understand is not passivity even necessarily. Right, right. It's even just in in a sense, it's almost even like acceptance, almost even just to the best of one's abilities, perceiving things as they are instead of pretending maybe that they're not happening. Because that's the other thing you can get that people then pretend like some things they don't like and they're like oh this is yeah they just pretend like it's not happening even though they obviously hear about it so it is happening in their reality to some extent you know so i guess there's many differing layers uh, about this but there's certainly this uh, very relevant differentiation or distinction between judgment and differentiation also what you mentioned is interesting this inversion of the energy so first everything is frustrating and then i was thinking of a friend when you mentioned I don't know what he's doing now, but for a period at least, he was like, he said, like saying yes to everything. And in a sense, it's true. Was he on the everything... podcast? No. Okay, because that was sense... one guest's uh, philosophy, I recall. <laughs> right. So in a sense, it's true that, you know, of course, everything will lead you towards the next step. But just like you said, Bharat, it's also there is a type of spiritual guidance system. And yes, in a sense, one can change to always saying yes, but then it's not about literally always saying yes to anything anyone ever offers to you but it's about actually i would say always saying yes to your own guidance system once you have developed a relationship with that and uh, yeah more in a sense depending on that depending on your own higher guidance saying yes to that but however that energy or one's own higher self in any instance may say yes or no so there is a differentiation here and kind of what you were describing um, a minute ago was something of like control burnout. So I think we all try to micromanage everything. We try to control everything. We've been raised in a world. It's like manifest destiny. You're, you're a free will being. You get to choose like all this kind of stuff. And I think when we start finding at a conscious level frustrations, things that aren't going according to how we would perceive them to they quote should um, maybe one of the, the negative side effects of that experience can be. Um, because it's tricky because there's like a spectrum. So I think surrender is good, but like surrendering to a point where um, it's almost like nihilism or something where it's just like, well, I, I can't do anything about this. Um, maybe is unhealthy, but this is where it even gets you know, pull all the way out. It's like, I, um, and I learned this in Gene Keys, which is um, a really fascinating system. Um, there's 64 Gene Keys, which are going with the I Ching. But basically, there's cities, which are like kind of, uh, you know, it's like a shadow gift city, right? Kind of like what you do in ignorance, what you do with like, you're kind of like moving in the right direction. And then when you do, when you're like beyond your selfhood in a way. And uh, every one of those cities is different. So what am I trying to say? Renunciation might be a doorway to the divine and pure joy and ec ecstasy and bliss for somebody, but it might be pure hell for somebody else. Whereas... For one, you know, one person might be like succeeding in a corporation and, and changing the world for positive, you know, like ending slavery or making, you know, computers 
accessible to everyone and not just the elites or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like just little things. Whereas the, some other people would be like, why are you participating with Babylon at all? You know, you know so it's tricky because I think, uh, and this is why I'm into astrology and, you know, particulars in a way, it's like everybody's instruments are tuned differently. So to say a tuba should sound like a violin, should sound like a, a falsetto, you know, a cappella singer or whatever. These are, that's not true. Uh, they are, you know, their instruments being played, so energy is being played through us all. But at the same time, there's differentiation enough where even like optimization is different for everybody, and that's kind of a weird part of postmodernism because it's like everything is relative to a point. And I guess the point is consciousness <laughs> and like positive and negative polarity. I'm kind of rambling. I tend to do this. I'm a Gemini. Sorry, um, but maybe we should take a quick music break. And then when we come back, talk about any and everything. But let's make sure we start talking a little about your summit and uh, what you're going to be offering. Yes, yeah, so let's uh, have Bharat uh, respond first, maybe to whatever we have just been saying. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I, I like the flow of the different topics, and I, I can see it's it's coming from heart and it's it's touching. So. Yeah, why not? Why not keep it going? <laughs> so the mm, the point that is for me most relevant that you just mentioned, Jim, is yeah, you're boiling it down to like the the highest supreme. Yeah, it, there are different individual ways that, in terms of renunciation, that can lead to the divine and. And that is what I want to say with simple living and high thinking. And yeah, and I, I want to, I want to uh, take your invitation to, to take the break, and then we can speak about simple living, high thinking, and how that practically um, can unfold, and how people can can um, utilize some some lessons that people like me. Yeah, learned it in the in the school of hard knocks, and they they can just uh, transfer that their own life, so that that it's being easier for them. I think that's kind of the definition of civilization. At best, we're all trying to teach each other through experience, so we don't have to suffer needlessly. So it's like, you know what, going into the jungle at night without a a torch or a flashlight uh, uh you know you might get eaten by lions that happened to our family members so let's not do that you know we're learning through experience and it, it's amazing a trip hopefully we're doing it in love and not just control and like self-righteousness and all this stuff um if we're gonna play the song that i picked i'm not sure Rafael, if you are or not i kind of picked it randomly but it's a good elton john song from fern gully uh this great cartoon from the 90s um and i thought it was interesting lyrical sync because it's talking about some other world it's like we're in the world but we could have a different world um maybe some other world and i don't know if you've ever seen ferngully uh rafael or barat but uh it's kind of like <laughs> i mean it had robin williams as a bat and like things like this it was kind of um an animated uh save the rainforest kind of thing but anyway i'll be quiet and when we come back we'll talk about um maybe what high thinking is the summit and stuff like that I think I've totally seen it. Pretty dramatic. Man. Oh, it's a classic piece of shit movie. I mean, on the one hand, like when you're a kid, it's amazing. And I've wa tried to watch it as an adult. I'm like, okay, that's nostalgia, <laughs> right? It's like, this is not the best ever, but it's, it's worth watching. It's got a lot. It, basically it's environmentalism um, writ large for maybe kids. Avatar who didn't, Light. You know, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Avatar came from this essentially. So in a way, yeah. Avatar meets aliens, or Avatar meets Ferngully is a. Uh, what am I saying? Avatar, <laughs> Ferngully meet an aliens. The movie, like the um, Ridley Scott series, is very much Avatar. Anyway, I'll be quiet now. That's a great picture. So we're back in just about five minutes. Welcome back to episode one hundred and eighty-five. Let's talk about the upcoming event starting in just a few hours. Barat, you might be yes, on mute. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the event is called Get Out of the City, a Blueprint for a Simple Living and High Sinking. And it's it's funny that that song of Elton John you, you chose. Yeah. <laughs> Another word. Mm, yeah, I want to I want to support people in seeing that there is another word, like materially and spiritually. So simple living is meaning the self-sufficiency part becoming more independent, not that someone needs to become like fully self-sufficient. No, just more independent from the system. And then higher thinking, it can mean different, different values. And, but basically starting with higher thinking in terms of em embarking on a on a journey of self discovery and yeah brighten life with with like a, a light of of self knowledge and gaining a, a world perspective that usually is only reserved for those renounced ascetics and saints but without without doing all the the things they would need to go through to gain that so simple living high thinking practically that means for me now starting tomorrow there will be seven days or seven different pillars for a foundation for for such a, a simple life and for me personally, that started with simplifying my life, decluttering, detaching, like disentangling from all the the invisible chains that are binding us, and that that might be like just the the paper stuff that's piling up on the desk, stuff that's laying on the ground, like uh, another bookshelf with all the books I want to read but I will never read. <laughs> I'm Not so guilty of that. I, yeah. I feel personally attacked, actually. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I go to the library. I don't do it now, right? But like when I was a kid <laughs> and all my life, I'd get like 20 books, maybe read one. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Exactly. So, what is high? Uh, so, practical means kind of, you know, kit that in America, I mean, I don't know if it's worldwide, but it's like kiss method, keep it simple, stupid, um, where it's just like, you don't need to overly, like, you know, efficiency is beautiful. Um, and efficiency can be complex, but it's like efficiency is what we're looking for. And things like blockages that are in the way of being efficient are maybe what make things hard and not simple. Um, whether it's mental constructs or, you know, like you're saying, laundry all over the room or whatever. And I'm guilty of this. If you guys saw my room, you'd be like, it looks like a bomb went off, but I'm like, it makes sense to me. Uh, so I try to, I'll try not to like project my own uh, issues here. Um, I'm kind of curious yes, yes. what the, um, and I want you to keep, I want to keep talking about the summit. We'll probably talk about that for the rest of the time and just talk about various aspects. What does, um, 
you, you say uh, simple uh, living and, and high thinking. What does high thinking mean to you? Yeah, high thinking, that's that's the, the, the driver for my life because that's the that's the, the spark, the spirit, the the soul aspect. Yeah. Spiritual for me means anti materially and um that is the what I cannot see and uh what I cannot measure with uh, scientific uh, scientific methods and um searching for who am I like what what's the goal of life and keeping that in the center every day and coming back to it again and again putting uh putting up fences and walls for all the things that draw me away from my true inner self and from from the past towards the divine and um, yeah for me that that higher thinking and it it yeah it just goes hand in hand with the simple living because if my room is cluttered and it's a mess and i i have a problem to find the right clothes probably i've got too many of them or or i have too many of what i don't like or i'm i'm just lazy with not fixing my stuff or keeping it in order and I, yeah i i grew up like that uh very messy and now maybe you can see in my chart i have a strong inclination to to organize things and um, so that can help to be efficient and everything but yeah it's only helping if i do it for a higher reason for a higher meaning and that's so that it it means the world for me without uh, the the higher thinking all life would make no sense and with higher thinking if i think there's a source and there's a there's a higher intelligence it's not just all happening by chance and i'm not a victim of my karma no there's there's something someone guiding me and that that is giving me real real peace and calm that i can connect with it at any time in my life and that i want to connect with more and more because it's so easy to forget every day <laughs> life can be distracting in a bad way sometimes i guess in some abstract way it's all good like the whole monism it's all good we're in a dream whatever enjoy the ride but at the same time it's like there's better and worse ways you can do this you can do it really you know you can <laughs> you can you can do it sloppy and barely make it alive, or you can do it, you know, in a pristine way or, you know, in a fun way. There's all sorts of styles. Um, I'm kind of curious. I heard about Fiji, obviously. What is up with Portugal? Why? What? I mean, it sounds like you want a homestead but, or whatever, fine property and stuff. Um, that's relatively recent. What's the kind of development on that front for you? Yeah, we just arrived some, some weeks ago. So we uh, went to, um, yeah, let me start from another point. After Fiji, we went uh, to USA because friends were telling us they just got a farm and they will get some cows and other animals. Where in my homeland have you been? <laughs> Upstate New York. Okay, uh, okay. In 
Leupold's, I always pronounce that wrongly. I don't, I don't know how you would pronounce it. It's I think it's Leupold's with a Z and TZ. I think it's German. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, yeah. Maybe. It's okay. <laughs> How are you mispronouncing it? I think it's your mother tongue. No, uh, no, it's it's a little distorted. So in German we would say uh, Neupfalz, maybe. Gotcha. If gotcha. it if it is that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's like one and a half hours, like two hours north from New York, uh, near near Woodstock, close to Woodstock, and uh, we stayed there till our visa was off. So we were constantly in a in a hanging position, not knowing if it's good or not. And then uh, we knew it's it's bad, and we need to leave. And we we went to Germany to visit uh, visit parents that we hadn't seen for a long time. Then the lockdown came, and as soon as they reopened the borders in uh, in Europe, we went to Portugal to friends, and the status was. Like that, when we were in the USA, we already knew maybe we will be kicked out and we cannot stay there. So what we did was connecting with other friends that are interested in living off the grid. And we discussed to move to Austria. And at some point, we just figured out it's it's over our budget and it will also be kind of rough because it's so cold and our idea was to do four season farming to live somewhere where life is more simple and easy you know from uh from the islands how how different it can be yeah like just imagining uh in in new york uh upstate new york we we needed so many clothes like for for the for All the winter the for the for the summer yeah and then in the winter so many layers it was uh, colder than in in Moscow in the winter at at uh, sometimes and not just a couple of days it for weeks it makes it, it very really rough. I mean, it's funny because it, it, you've experienced, I mean, Fiji and also you know northern climates and stuff. I live in Colorado right now. It can get very cold here. Um, you know. I think more often than not, where I live, it's actually kind of sunny in Colorado, but we get a lot of snow. It's, you know, winter most of the year, we'll just say, or like Alaska. It's funny because technology wouldn't, that's what it's allowed largely people to even migrate to these places. It's like, this isn't originally that sustainable. Like, that's why most, you know, cultures live between the Tropic of Cancer and Tropic of Capricorn, more or less, and like on coasts, right? Like near things that are resource rich, where they can farm all year round, like you're saying. When you said Austria, I was like, geez, good luck. Like, I mean, goat herding might happen in the winter or something, but it's like, it's going to be really difficult to like grow your own food there, I guess, at that point. That's when like kind of uh, systematized economies and farming and all this stuff, the civilization, right? That's why like people can live in, um, the Alps because of that. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's, yeah, it's funny. Cause it's just like, um, I imagine Portugal is probably more up your alley with what you're trying to do. Although yeah, it's... just allow me to mention, just because you're talking about the Alps and we recently had shows, uh, with Walter Meyer, who's been talking about, uh, agriculture and what he actually mentioned, though, just because we also talk about communities is that traditionally actually those, let's say, I'm not sure if they, maybe back then they had even more goats, I guess, at some point. 
But anyways, that farmers that are high up on the mountain have traditionally been organized in cooperatives. So uh, there is, although in a sense, ideally, of course, you want to, I would agree, I want to live somewhere where you don't need to fend against the elements all year long. At the same time, it's just interesting to note that harsh environments may actually, in some instances at least, uh, bring people together. Or they force cooperate. Yeah. And you're right, because where I, I lived in Switzerland, up in the Alps, uh, up north of uh, Montreux, um, for a year, basically, in 2017, in a cow village, basically, near Valar. Um, and it was like, yeah, like you're saying, co cooperatives. And it's like people had, like, no one could, I mean, could, it's weird because it was like this confluence of, like, modern life. Like, people have internet and people want, like, you know, Budweiser beer or whatever the fuck. But it's like they were forced also to lean into each other in a way that we've lost touch with. Like, we've given over, it seems most people in the West have kind of just... It's a kind of um, a plastic culture we have. It's very fake and shallow and, and, and um, what's the word, disposable. Like we have a very disposable culture. Whereas like if you're having to lean into each other, like your friend you were saying in the Alps, where it's like, all right, we're not going to survive unless we fucking cooperate. Um, it becomes a different thing. Anyway, um, Barat, go for it. Yes, yeah, I, I can see that, that that's so interesting how cooperation and community yeah co huh yeah we we do things together and i see that more on the elevated side of uh, simple living so what usually in the modern civilization is being called primitive uh, often often it's not that primitive i find because People live very sustainable in the ancient Vedic systems. Yeah, they used uh, they used all the time the banana leaves as their plates. Yeah, in the old scriptures, like in in Bhagavad Gita or the Srimad Bhagavatam, and like those big, huge encyclopedias of of uh, the time-proven wisdom traditions, you can. You can see those people, they lived like that 5,000 years ago. Yeah, that's not, yeah, it's not just 500 years ago. So it's 5,000 years ago. And that makes me wonder then sometimes. Um, yeah, it makes me wonder if maybe history was totally different from what we think. I'm sure Raphael can go on a tangent here. Um I'm not so sure. I mean, I haven't done enough research to be able to claim anything, but obviously history is told by the people who have won in a sense. So it's like, you know, up until recently, we haven't been keeping a very good, uh, maybe even not now, but like we've been trying at least with political correctness to like represent cultures well, theoretically and stuff like that. There was um, like, there's people in the Bible, like the Assyrians, I think, and they would, like, defeat a people and flay the people, like, the enemy, and put their skin on their walls of their city and shit. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, like people just wiped each other out all the time, and we have to realize we're coming – I mean, even, you know, I mean, Raphael might want to talk about this, but, like, World War Two and just recent possible resets and stuff. Like, we – I think we know a lot less than we might think. I mean, um, and we've been traumatized. Go ahead, Rafael. Yeah, you got it. It's just that there is so many layers to this, just thinking about, and I can't vouch for this in this case because I haven't looked into it. But I believe, for example, according to Erich Fromm, even if I'm not completely mistaken now, there is also a kind of an argument which goes along the lines of 
well, as long as you didn't have war and this kind of scarcity-based mindset and maybe accountant-based mindset, or I don't know, you know, what exactly the recent, most recent damage could best be called, um, then you don't even have to write anything down or you're just not doing it. You maybe have oral traditions, but maybe also let's just assume you're more spiritually connected. Maybe there's literally no need to write stuff down. So I just want to say there's, and then we not, let's not even get into, you know, history falsification or just, you know, the victor's right history, all of those things we know, but there's even many more factors. And then, you know, cataclysms, records get destroyed and so on that I want to say, even now you're kind of painting the picture, humans have always been warlike. Well, who knows? Maybe in the time when there was no war, there simply were no documents written about it. So it's just very, very clear. And we've had many shows and we'll continue to have many more discussing this in detail. But that certainly um, things, let's just say, are very different than most people get taught in school. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, I, I totally uh, agree to that and gives me more reason to stick to that. Uh, to that ancient traditions and and those books because yeah five thousand years ago they certainly didn't have any agenda to manipulate me right now yeah things are totally different so I can I can believe I can believe uh, things that are written there more easily and I want to utilize some of that knowledge even in growing food stuff to make more sustainable and resilient uh, methods available for for ourselves to apply them in our life and and utilize the the different tools that are available right now to yeah combine the the best of of both worlds it's ironic to me, I guess, that um, our ancestors seemingly, I mean, I think Rafa and I differ a little in that he, I know I'm not saying it's not possible, but I, I'm not sure if we've, I feel like there's more of a linear progression through history. I'm not sure if we're falling from Atlantis or not. Like, I'm willing to play with that idea, but I, I you know, I don't know. Um, but what I'm kind of getting at is uh, the irony to me is, all of our ancestors, like we're the dream of our ancestors. Everyone wanted safety, convenience, representation, um, you know, uh, ease of life, you know, like all these things. I mean, more or less, that's like what Just they briefly go for it. To be specific, we are the dreams of the Orion children. Ooh, nice one. <laughs> you made me look stupid there. Um, all good. Yeah, we're the. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, it's ironic to me that the progress that we have inherited, the quote progress, it there was a lot of effort from behind in history to push to where we are now, and it seems like a few generations of kind of ignorance and maybe apathy and distraction and self indulgence over an, an accessible point, like past a moderate point, um, has led to kind of some of the issues. So now our dream, it seems like yours, um, Barat, and not mine fully, but like most people who are on going to be listening to this and stuff is like sustainability and, you know, local communities and like, you know, like you're saying, making a culture yourself. Um, if you see what I'm saying, it's the irony to me is like everyone was pushing for like globalization and pushing for nations and pushing for all these things forever. And now that we've got it, we're like, this isn't that great. We want to go, go back. You've gone too far. Go back. Uh, there's memes I've seen where it shows like, you know, 
Darwinian evolution, quote unquote, with like, you know, the apes to the man and then just, just like a robot. Question I have to throw in here, um and I guess I even mentioned this with Barat recently, some documentary about, you know, basically Nestle selling super small packages of food. There's even a name for it in Africa and people actually becoming interested in that. And I think Barat even like gave good example of yeah, in his case, yeah, how this happened and it's like crazy. But at least the way I understand this historically, I am not exactly sure because of course there are like, let's say manipulation techniques and so on, like that, then they also want to have what was on TV. So there's certainly a luring effect and so on, but I'm not exactly sure. Let's just say if really all peoples of the planet were completely uncivilized only because they were not globalized in the way and in the specific methodology we are now, um, so I just wanted to say kind of, I'm not exactly sure if really everyone was pushing for what you mentioned, or let's just say if everyone one was aware of what they were working towards when they had these ideals in mind. I think there were some, let's say, unspoken uh, conditions uh, with the most, let's say, recent trends that many who may even have been supporting it may not have been aware of. So now for me, it's all about the new recombination of these ideas, just as Bharat is mentioning. Yeah, I, I didn't mean that like, um... Yeah, like Rome was it's tricky because it's like a both thing like there was plenty of people you know people in Fiji were doing fine uh, at one point um, well you know not being involved with the world at a larger scale but there's benefits and like you're saying allurement uh, the world tends to uh, um, uh, what's the word seduce us uh, let me actually put it very simply because um, Amir Barat can say something about this even just intuitively but let me put it like this and even Akash brought this up about and you also today about plumbing maybe there's a whole thing about the you know plumbing and <laughs> whether we should rather go in the woods or not and you know why old buildings don't have didn't have plumbing installed what were those people doing that's one of these great reset questions how did the plumbing work if there was no plumbing uh, in those buildings and castles apparently and so on um so not to lose the point of why i'm getting <laughs> all around to the plumbing um of course i totally spaced out now but i'll be coming back to it i guess what i was getting at if anything um i'm sure and it gets into zodiac signs a little and temperaments and stuff there's going to be people who are like i love my village and i don't give a shit about the big city but a lot of people are enamored i mean from now simple I life to more complicated and, and then this it was global or whatever Thanks. This was a question specifically to Barat. So the question would be, can I have plumbing, assuming I want that and electricity and so on? But like, like you said, the benefits of both worlds. So what is your perspective on that? Because it shouldn't and couldn't be an either or. Why not have much of the, let's say, quality of life and maybe even convenience, but still make your own culture, still be energy independent still be still have some inventory so you're not completely dependent on the company delivering you stuff still have you know your own production facilities your own farming and so on however at the same time maybe even have i don't know broadband internet access and uh, uh, whatever other type of connections to civilization one may find relevant or convenient yeah yeah it's very individual so Yeah, in in one sense, we are all one. We are all connected, like the soul, super soul, and 
and we are so different. We have so many different desires and needs and that in our human experience in this body right now, everyone has a different body. There's not one body that's the uh, same as another. And I learned to respect, at least to some degree, in, in my little family that the, the family members that I have got here, they have totally different needs than I have got. So for me, it's okay to go in the forest. I did that in America. <laughs> so I, I pooed in the forest. <laughs> in, in Fiji, we had the Western plumbing because someone installed that for us beforehand. And um, yeah, I didn't like that actually because it was right next to the kitchen. I find that disgusting. <laughs> so um, inside of the house, right next to the kitchen. So I prefer to go outside of the house. So that makes more sense for me. And also I just, yeah, I just like um, to be in nature and not in a, in an enclosement where like maybe I, I've, I'm traumatized by uh, being in those big corporations where I go to the toilet that 50 other people on the same floor are using. And that's, uh, yeah, I, I always try to, to, to breathe as deep as I could before I go to the toilet back then. But yeah, anyhow, maybe it's just my stars and my renunciation character here but i strongly believe it is important for my wife to have it cozy and warm uh, on the toilet because otherwise her mind will be more disturbed and for me it's easy to to understand that and surrender to that because uh yeah i can see in the in the in the vedic times um I see how for different people in society and in different ages, there were different recommendations and it's not a, um, not a black and white. As soon as, as there is one organization, then they often like misuse the, the books and the traditions to, um, to, to make rules, fast, hard rules out of that. But I can see in those old traditions there are principles and I can apply them very practically down to earth. And in America, I learned, I learned uh, some of, of the plumbing stuff. And yeah, we had a, a, also like a, a, a wood chip toilet and that was very idealistic, but it was not so much manageable for, for my was raining like any and other things it it was good to to test out different things so that i can say from from uh, a whole heart uh to to anyone it it's a good thing if you can if you're willing if you're open to sometimes test different different models of living and an experience how i wouldn't i wouldn't say uh, let's go for for this or for for that option. And recently, we saw how people um, lived. They live very simple in uh, Portugal here, 
and they don't have a real um, a plumbing system. They just go to an outdoor toilet and that was totally okay for them. But yeah, I, I wouldn't do that for, for my family. So I want definitely some plumbing for them and maybe uh, maybe i will use an an outhouse <laughs> I, i'm i'm not uh, fully clear on that and i think it's totally secondary for me i want to be uh prepared for whatever is happening in the world and uh, i have a lot of work in many different areas in my life so simple living yeah for me that doesn't mean either or or just hanging in the in the hammock there's some tangible stuff I, I got to do if I want to be uh, independent. There's a lot of responsibility behind that. It's funny while we're talking about this kind of outhouse optioning, because I, I, I lived in Ecuador for three months up in the Andes Mountains on a permaculture, watching four dogs and four cats while the NRO was away, um, kind of on the outskirts of a village. So I was on a farm, but it was near a small town up in that um, Andes Mountains. And uh, it was a wood chip toilet. So like, you know, um, no liquid kind of thing, like pee outside. You can poop in this or whatever, but no liquids. And it wasn't that hard, but it's funny because it's like, like you're, what we're talking about this is like, I think what we have to be careful of and um, is not to, um, how would I say this? Uh, the same way we feel like standardized industrial empire kind of opinions maybe are what we're trying to get away from. Not to think there's a one size fits all approach to being green or simple or or woke or however you want to put it um like there's probably better methods for someone up in the antarctic circle or what or the arctic circle rather um than in fiji like right so that's going to look like you were saying the wood chip thing didn't really work very well when it was like wet all the time so maybe digging holes and burying it or having plumbing like there's a whole spectrum of things i think what we need to be starting to move away from is just like um, well, thinking for ourselves, I think a lot of people don't think for themselves. They're just told this is the best, and it's and and they're told that by society, I guess, and it's groupthink more. Where I think part of the age of Aquarius, which we're going into um, very soon, probably is about uh, doing it together in a team. I mean, you're an Aquarius; it's about teams, um, but at the same time, it's about being individualistic. It's kind of a paradox. It's like, yeah, let's all this to do get like let's do this all together. But Hogwarts, you know, Hogwarts is a school, but Harry Potter's on Gryffindor and Draco Malfoy is on Slytherin. They have a very different style and there's appropriate styles for each of those schools in a sense. So it's like the Gryffindor truth isn't going to fit so well on the Slytherin truth. And that's relativism, obviously to a point, but I guess what I'm saying is um, something I hope that doesn't occur is when people are starting to expand their awareness of options and maybe alternative lifestyles that they don't become dogmatic, <laughs> you know, don't become the thing you were trying to escape already. Like if you're tired of dogma and, you know, hierarchy and kind of like the man telling you what to do. Don't go around and just like go green and then do that to other people. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's funny. I think there's this weird way of like, if we, it's almost like show people what you're doing and sh by showing them, you'll inspire them as opposed to being like, you're an asshole for not yes. doing this. Yeah. It's, it's leading by example, like that, that is something that um, I make my, my mission in life, yeah, serving by, um, yeah, by, by sh showing by example what I want to tell people. And right now it's, it's paining me a little bit that, uh, that I'm not 
fully there because we just moved here and it will take some time. So I cannot really do all the things I want to do and I cannot have all the things I want to have right now. And that means for me, still, I'm in the right place. I'm doing You're the right patience thing. Patience and self-compassion. It's like, hey, I'm where I need to be. It's an acorn. The acorn is a sapling. It's not a tree yet kind of thing. It's like you're you're moving forward, so don't beat yourself up too bad. But I, I hear what you're saying. It's like you're not – and you're, this is expectations. This is what the whole bizarre thing, right? Like follow your highest excitement with no expectations. Maybe Raphael wants to talk a little about this. But it's like when we start building – and and I don't even think expectations are bad. I kind of want your clarification, Raphael, on this point. But it's like don't cling to expectations. It's like have an idea of where you want to go and follow your highest excitement. It seems like Portugal seems like a really exciting place for you and your family to be. So you are. And it doesn't mean you're fully – you know, in the kingdom of green and you have everything. It's like, you know, Swiss family Robinson Treehouse, and you're just doing everything awesome. It's going to take some time. It's okay. I guess I'm, what I was saying is uh, you're learning right now. The lessons on your plate seem to be patience and self-compassion where it's like, yeah, it's not going a hundred percent how I wanted, but I have to learn to be okay with that. Raphael, did you want to speak on what I just asked or no? Well, Bharat, uh, reply first kindly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. It's it's funny for me all the the different topics you you touch on. I see that I for myself I found the answers and I still find the answers in in those like basic chapters of Bhagavad Gita. Yeah, like timeless stuff. Uh, like the first chapters, it's so much about what's my duty and what's my responsibility in life. And it clarifies for me personally, I can make better distinct, uh, distinctions by seeing, no, yeah, that's, that's definitely not my responsibility right now. Or, or like, yeah, as a father, this is my responsibility right now to uh, create a, a, a toilet experience, a situation where my children don't... Um, uh, reject uh, the 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 way of simple living because it's raining on them when they are pooing. <laughs> yeah, so you don't want to scar them so much that they become AI super smart city dwellers and rebel against you by going back to New York City or something like that, right? Yes, and I got that from Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> so not literally, but yeah, this. So now. Yeah, being in Portugal, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel bad about not uh, not being there. I mean, I'm feeling impatient. I resonate with that, but I know it's we we just arrived, kind of. So, um, but the point for me is, I'm I'm still being simple in how I live my life, and it's just I'm I'm separated from the results from it by time. And I cannot do all the things right now as I would like to. But um, yeah, still, we like right now, we are growing food. We have a wonderful garden. And there was actually not a good spot for doing that. And I, I feel proud together with my family that we, we just uh, shoveled some dirt on on heaps on top of the soil the soil was was very bad it was crusty and uh dry 
very hard to dig. We couldn't dig it with a with a normal shovel, and so we just got soil from somewhere else and we brought it like many many wheelbarrows and it turned out to be fun for the children like a an interesting family activity and then seeing how how things develop i like that very much and and that uh yeah that can be can be a form of practical spiritual experience by just yeah you you touch the soil you you smell the fresh air and i get more peace and i um i naturally i'm i'm in touch with more natural health and yeah living on a on a on a homestead it doesn't need to be off grid it doesn't need to be very renounced but i'm saving so much time for self realization or this is the self realization when i just uh do something on the field where otherwise i would i would sit on the laptop or my phone would ring all the time yeah in in fiji i was renouncing so so much uh also because of the circumstances there was no um no tower nearby so we had very bad reception so i couldn't videos on youtube uh, or or um i had no face i just got it last year and only for purposes of yeah you know doing something purposeful sharing something purposeful and uh i like that i like that choosing technology to to utilize it uh in yeah for for a spiritual endeavor on a on a practically ground that sounds pretty uh like obvious to me you're an aquarius sun and a pisces moon so you're like spiritual but technically like useful and pra- like realistic i guess um cutting like you you're not against the internet you just want to use it properly and not just you know you're my man, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, uh, Raphael, I'm kind of curious um, what your response would have been, but do you remember what we were talking about? That's an amazing question. It was the Bashar thing, I think. All right. uh, excitement. I was like, what are your you know, expectations? You know, It seems right, like you yeah. have to have I goals mean, to move right. through I mean, life. there is – yeah, yeah, sure. I mean – the idea is uh, excitement is the driving engine and organizing principle of your life. And one potential differentiation one could make is to be within positive expectancy just by understanding that you are one yet different with, from all that is. Uh, and uh, circumstances don't matter, only a state of being matters. So you may well, you know, have a positive outlook and in a sense expect positive things. But that is again because of what Bharat mentioned in the beginning, because you know that you can always respond positively and thus then glean a positive effect from, from whatever happens. So you may well have a positive expectancy, however, then at the same time, time not have any particularized expectations in terms of how exactly something uh, should play out. So, um, Having an attitude, 
Oh, go ahead. Yes. I, I find it ironic because like, like Michelangelo or somebody, I think it was Michelangelo being like, I see the end product in the stone and now I'm just working towards it. I would be interested. I mean, I know you can try to answer for Bashar, but it's like, I would be interested to know like the differentiation of like what that means, like, you know, yeah, yeah. progress and success and goals versus like, I think the ego, when the ego gets too attached to it is when it's a problem, and that's when you become unsatisfied, frustrated, right? But it, but in a weird way, so civilization is a reaction to our frustrations, which might be the whole side quest that we've been on. It was all good, and we got distracted by coveting other people's shit, and here we are now. I don't know. Um, uh, Rafa, if you want to finish up that thought, I didn't mean to cut you off. And then I want to ask about Summit, how you or the Summit that you're doing, um, like how you picked the people and uh, what the process maybe was of getting this thing started. I just signed up for it, so it's, um, people should do that. The, we'll we'll put the uh, link in the com, um, you know the comment section or whatever, like the information section, and uh, it it seems free. I mean, it, I was like, okay, I'll sign up. So it's like looks cool. Rafael, finish your thought. I didn't mean to do that, and then we'll talk about the summit. Not too much to finish from my side. I mean, it's always this, we keep talking about this thing, but it's like, well, understanding, you know, the basics of it simply understanding. Uh, yeah. As you say, I mean, the most succinct way to say it probably is just like you say, holding on loosely and just at some point for oneself realizing this differentiation between what it means to have an attitude and a generally positive outlook because you're aware of your uh, inherent abilities and who and what you actually are and if you know that then you actually also know that you don't need to grab on to any particular manifestation if you in that sense really know you're the creator then you don't even why would you have to bother with particularities you know from that point of view then that doesn't make sense anymore anyhow yes yeah yeah, I see. We're we're coming back to to those points that that could paralyze if uh, yeah, yeah if misinterpreted. <laughs> yeah, and it can and it can just mislead. I I can only speak for myself. Uh, it can confuse me, and then I get more ungrounded and unclear, and don't know exactly how to distinguish. And the, the last years, I was thinking a lot about that. The difference between attachment and uh, a healthy... Um, Participation, healthy vision. almost. So the, the question you were asking in initially... Um, yeah, I want to res respond to that by... Yeah, Michelangelo uh, seeing seeing that statue in uh, in his mind. I yeah, I see it's important to to be open and willing to to discover how that might look like, and to have a have a clear intention, have a very clear intention and and vision of what I want to do there. And then I can support, I can be an instrument in manifesting that. Not, not that I'm the doer in that sense, but uh, I, can, I can support bringing that, that, that vision into manifestation and not being attached to it. I understand as I'm not attached 
uh, to the outcome um, yeah in a sense of I, I will not be frustrated if if the whole thing breaks or if I cannot finish it just do my duty of carving out that statue because maybe someone is paying me or someone asked me or I had that inspiration and I'm following that inspiration as as long as that is is a part of of my duty and uh, the result I leave up to to uh, to higher cause, but I do do the best I can, and and by carving that, I have an idea how it should look like, and if it's not meant to be, and it comes out in a different way, I don't start lamenting uh, and and stop uh, carving uh, forever. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's coming to my mind. Right. I mean, it's it's problematic, and I think this has this is where universal versus particular. I think universally, um, we're here to create and destroy. That's the image of God, kind of thing, whatever. Right. Where it's like, yeah, we can do all these things, and then how that looks is going to be different. So you know, like, um, maybe an example of like, uh, like, uh, it's weird because this gets into yugas a little, or maybe we're in a yuga where like, um, frustration and commitment, in spite of. Like perseverance is important now, but maybe perseverance isn't even necessary in a golden age. Like maybe Raphael's right. So I, it's like people I mean, are psychic and communicate, don't have differences of opinion, but now we obviously do. So uh, we have to like communicate more effectively and, you know, try and stuff. Um, you know, different times call for different things, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah. The, so Srimad Bhagavatam is very clear on that, that the... Uh, the age we are in right now, it's Kali Yuga, yeah, age of age of quarrel and hypocrisis. <laughs> it couldn't be more accurate. Uh, so the, it is being said that the the last leg um, of uh, any yeah, how how can I phrase that in English? Like any a uh, good good deeds, good behavior, that is uh, truthfulness in Kali Yuga. So I see it as very relevant, what you're saying. Yeah, it is about communicating, and it's the communication in my own mind and and also externally, but internally and externally. And because a spiritual life only starts when I'm honest to myself and and uh, yeah, experiencing um, frustration, experiencing the negative things also to not shy away from that and see everything as good because we're spiritual people and spiritual people are always happy or easygoing and everything is peace. No, sometimes I've, I'm not really much at peace. If my sons play with fire in the room and, and they... Uh, they threaten to, uh, with, with their behavior, to burn down the house. I'm going to be very angry, and they can they can feel that, and that's totally okay. I don't need to be spiritual uh, in by by not experiencing negative feelings or expressing them. You you mentioned the the summit, and I know we're going to uh, to towards the, the last minutes and wrapping up here, I guess. So 
Well, I'm kind of curious what inspired it and how did you pick the people and kind of give it a plug. I'm signed up for it, so I'll be participating. It looks cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what did inspire it? Yeah, being being locked down <laughs> in in the uh, in the house of the parents of my wife. Uh, that was a big inspiration to think about uh, be, becoming uh, independent fully. And uh, yeah, necessity doing, is the mother of invention, yeah, as they say. <laughs> doing, doing something online, I wanted to utilize that technology and uh, getting in touch with other people that are doing that. And then I've, I was magically getting in touch with people who are doing that. And I got the idea to just connect them and uh, make, make something, yeah, carve something out that is really meaningful and purposeful and supporting others on their way. Like, for example, how yeah, how did I get in touch with certain people? How did I chose them? So uh, I was mentioning earlier there are like seven different pillars that personally I I tackled in my life, and I see it's it's easy to replicate in other lives. Uh, first, simplifying. Second, get, like externally, yeah, you can also do that internally, but. Uh, just downsizing, minimizing, decluttering, detaching, first step to get more time to, to think about what's, uh, what's important in my life, what do I want to create with my life, and as a second step, becoming financially independent so I don't need to, need to sit in the cubicle in, and uh, commute to the office, and even as a freelancer, I I need to go after the money. But one thing is that I experienced in the past, we just grew microgreens and we sold them in, in restaurants in that uh, Hudson Valley area. Yeah, we, we, we could easily survive from that. And I saw, wow, just by growing food, I become so much more independent. I don't need to spend that much money. So third step, after simplifying and uh, getting financial freedom, for me is homesteading. Everyone needs a home, needs a shelter, and we we can live in different ways. I realize there are so many ways to build naturally here in Portugal. I'm looking for a property, and property here is ridiculously cheap. And if I get it with an old ruin, with those big, big uh, granite stones, it's easy to, uh, to build it up with... Um, with sandbags or earthbags, that's that's an opportunity to do that. There, of course, we can also do other things that needs a little more skill. But here, that is ridiculously cheap. Just getting some land in Portugal. Friends of us, they just bought uh, land for six thousand uh, euro, and they are going to build something first, something small, and then they will ex extend it over time. So we want to do something similar. Um, then, yeah, pillar four after homesteading is growing food. And um, we have some people there. Or let, let me finish the seven pillars and then I tell a little bit about the people and how we, how we uh, got to them. That really makes me excited. Um, five is natural health. Yeah, as long as I'm... Uh, um, 
dependent on on pharmaceutical uh, pills. Yeah, it's 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 hard to uh, live just on on peacefully on the land because I still have to take that vaccine and I, I have to prove that I've been at the doctor and yeah, it's, it's not really sustainable and uh, resilient. So six pillar six is community and how we commune and how we live together in relationship with others. And pillar seven is spirituality. So how did I choose people? There's one guy I'm reading from since uh, I was visiting my first summit uh, just when the lockdown happened. And that summit was called Grow Food, Not Grass. And there's one guy, he started a movement. Uh, people, people are doing that, growing food stuff in their a front yard in their backyards and it's inspired by that book grow food not lawns you know in america there are all these nice uh, lawns they're all cut uh, to the millimeter and you have sprinklers and it's so nice and it's so much wasted space and if he's like counting together how much space is there in america and yeah if we would just grow food on like one quarter of that like he's calculating like that and it's really inspiring and i asked him if he would uh would come to a summit that i organized he said yeah of course and then i asked others so i asked another guy um uh, just really quickly the funny thing about lawns i don't know if you know the history but basically we've talked about this before and i don't know where i read this but like basically back in feudal europe at one point like in france or whatever they're like we have so much wealth that we can make people like pedic you know give pedicures and manicures to the grass basically it's like look like we can waste <laughs> you know it's like it does not matter it might be aesthetically pleasing now because we're used to it but it's like it is not normal <laughs> it's almost like you know poodles or something where it's like this isn't normal um we might be used to it now but it's like yeah there's much more um effective and functional and uh wise ways to use the space one owns it sounds uh, decadent is the is the right word here. yeah it's, it's i mean it comes from showing off basically it's like look what i can afford to do like i have people working on grass it's like oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> so then together with with that guy grow uh, food not grass he also calls himself a rebel gardener, grow the rebellion. Yeah, like one garden at a time, reforming the system by not paying into what they are offering to us. Yeah, basically, like all those big foundations, Rockefeller Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and all of those that are bringing, bringing the green revolution asia to africa and they are telling the little farmers that are being independent they're living a, a peaceful life they are telling them hey the stuff that's happened on tv you only get that if you use those fossil fuels you use machines you use those seeds here they're genetically uh, uh optimized and um here's some uh, roundup and stuff <laughs> they don't tell them you get it dependent on us and you have to to buy that stuff because it's not reproducing itself and and it needs the the chemicals uh, fertilizers and everything 
No, they're, they're cheating them. And yeah, I would like to promote and support people who are not only speaking about that and putting the finger into the wound. No, I like to cooperate with people who have positive solutions, like, like Jason from Grow uh, Food, Not Grass. And I always wanted to say it the other way around, Grow Grass, Not <laughs> So then Donnie Green, That's he's the growing microgreens. Yeah. He, uh, he is t teaching people how they can do the same thing. He has a six-figure business. He just came from school and started off with some racks from Home Depot and some lights. And he, he really got into the gardening. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's amazing. He's sharing that with people. Then on, on the same day, day four, uh, there will be Chris Trump. He is using ancient Korean farming techniques techniques and teaching that to people how to uh, cultivate the soil. He's calling himself, uh, himself the soil steward, steward of the soil. Yeah, that's, that's like amazing. Those people I want to spend my time with. Yeah, like uh, Raphael was saying, just imagine those people, they would all live on the same floor. So I, I connected those people and um now on the summit there are those seven days so it's starting tomorrow seven days and on each of those days we will release one recording with one of those speakers it's 25 plus people sharing their their experience their knowledge their, their tips and tricks how to simplify, how to get uh, more financial freedom and get into the mindset of it. And then community. We, we spoke with, uh, with, yeah, I spoke with Nis. He, um, she uh, stopped uh, working in an office corporate job in Canada and she just went to Belize and started a community there. And that's growing and flourishing right now. And I spoke with people uh, uh, Agni Hotra and uh, Homa Therapy, they have a uh, Ahimsa um, community in Poland and we have, we have other people from different communities and they share how they are living in their community, how they did it, why they did it, what are the first steps, what do you need to look, look out for, what are your steps number one, two, three and how you go through them very inspiring and then we have live sessions so basically like you get free the recordings for day one on day one then on day two you get the recordings of day day two and then there are also live sessions like those different speakers uh, they are in in one hour q a ask me anything panel together with me live on Zoom and everyone can just join that for free who, who has signed up for the summit. And after that, we have one and a half hour of workshop going deeper into getting more clarity on how that really looks for me and uh, getting clarity, like let's say, speaking of uh, Michelangelo, how does the sculpture may look like? I may not fully know it when I begin yeah, I'm, I'm open. I, I know I will sculpture a human being, but I'm not really sure if it's a man or a woman. I let myself being inspired. I start with the arms uh, or with the feet. Oh, now I'm, I'm sure I want to, 
I want to make a man. So, and then, then, yeah, you get more into it. Same with, with simple living. You start with many, many unknowns, but there are ways to become more, more precise in what do I want? What do I not want? And that's uh, something I want to go through with people like in a, in a very uh, interactive way. So there will be like a, like a Facebook group and uh, for people who want to, go deeper and um, yeah, get all of that stuff for download and get uh, a workbook and courses and books from, from all of that speaker and experts and like transcripts from, from all of the talks. That's something I did all in the last weeks and I'm just wrapping it up now. Uh, so uh, that is something I will share for, something uh, like $97. So it's, yeah, basically it's a ridiculous price, just a symbolic exchange of, of energy for, uh, for people that are serious and want to go deeper. But yeah, the whole, the whole summit itself, everyone can see, see everything for free and, and can participate. So I'm, I'm really excited right now. Uh, there, there are like more than 600 people that already have signed up. I'm not sure how many will be in the live. It's totally open for me. Maybe we will be there with five people, 10 people, because people just don't know that it's happening. I'm not sure. It's the first time I'm doing that and it's I'm, I'm tight in, in time. So some people, they answered. I was just sending like yeah, two, two emails. Maybe I'm sending out another one tonight to let everyone know, but... Yeah, it's I'm new to that online world, and I'm just yeah, I just want to connect. Welcome connect to the machine, with, brother. <laughs> we can with like-minded people. Yeah, you totally get it. It's about finding the others. It sounds like um, ultimately you're in a position where you're trying to turn people on to how. Uh, how would I put it? Like there, there's a huge schism right, ha right now happening and some people want to be very sovereign and self-sufficient and that can look in a spectrum of ways. And then some people really don't give a fuck and they want to basically kind of be told what to do and how to think and what to say and stuff. And it sounds like you're very much empowering people who are on the former path. So I appreciate what you're doing. I'll tune into as much as I can. Um, I'm signed up for it. So I'll definitely be checking it out. People should check it out. It's free. Um, and we'll post the, you know, hopefully we'll, I'll post this interview tonight. So it's, you know, people are on it. Um, I guess, are there any parting thoughts? I feel very complete and yeah, peaceful about, uh, what I shared and, and our interaction in, in total. And yeah, I just, just want to say that, yeah, life in general, it's really abundant. And I experienced and I saw for many people how that, how that comes with, with living uh, simple. I just interviewed someone who went from Kansas City to Hawaii and they just did it. <laughs> just uh, his... Uh, his lady, he, she was meditating in the morning and she got that inspiration, like, like a divine calling, uh, go to Hawaii. And she talked to him and he said, yes. And they, they just went for it. They didn't have big savings and everything. So yeah, I, I want to support people in, 
uh, having having tools and having ideas about the mindset, but it, it can be very simple and I'm sure it will be needed in, in 2021. Many of us will be happy uh, if, if they embark on that journey now and they don't get kicked to it uh, like by force. Makes total sense. Barrett, uh, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully we'll get you on here again after the summit and stuff. Uh, but look forward to seeing what you put out and keep doing what you're doing, brother. You're, you're kicking ass and um, I know you're having fun. So hopefully you and the wife and kids enjoy Portugal and hopefully uh, you have, uh, you know, hold on loosely to the expectations, but I hope you enjoy the results of your efforts with this summit. Yes. Thank you so much, brother. Go, going so deep down, the rabbit hole with me and being being patient, exciting, and choosing and just just open and and honest. Uh, yeah, I really love the time being together, and I'm I'm looking forward to to get to know uh, you guys more, uh, Raphael and Jim. Thank Word. you so much for having me. Definitely, auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> Thank you, Bart. Thank you, Jim, as always. Thank you all for listening. Nothing else to add. Check it out. Get out of the dot city and enjoy yourselves. Radio Pokey, talk, talk, talk.